Welcome to China Tech Talk, the almost weekly show about technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNode.com, joined as always by Matthew Brennan,、uh, founder of China Channel.、Uh, and so this week we wanted to look at、um, ByteDance,、um, and I think that ByteDance has gotten a lot of attention. In the last in the last few months, in particular because they've done they've made some aggressive expansion into、uh, the United States.、Uh, of course, you know here in China,、um, you'll recognize them by their、uh, one of their flagship original flagship product, Jin Er Toutiao, or or today's headlines.、Uh, but I think that most people these days are more familiar with、uh, Douyin or、uh, TikTok. In if you are outside of China.、Uh, And so today we thought we'd talk a little bit about them, some of the challenges that they're facing, but then also the the I mean to be honest the uh, gargantuan uh, success that they actually、um, that they actually have been. So yeah, we covered we covered Bite Dance on the podcast、uh, with Danny Lee from Tencent. Last year, if I remember correctly, talking about Totia, I think that was the first time we covered them, right? And it's quite amazing to think that things have changed so much. That I mean, that podcast was actually one of our most popular episodes, right? If I remember correctly, John, like it, we did, it was a very popular episode、um, back last year.、Uh, but it, things have changed so much for that company. Um, and and in, a, in a positive way as well is that in I think today what we'll be covering will be totally different from from what we talked about a year ago. Well, it's kind of funny because as as so for us covering them, there was a period of time where we were a bit unsure. Well, wait a second, are they Totiao or should we call them Bite Dance?、Um, and then、uh, they actually did a real rebranding,、um, and so now you know Bite Dance is is the parent company, and then there's Totiao,、uh, which is a separate company,、uh, Bite Dance and TikTok, which are which are separate、uh, companies, and then of course product teams inside there.、Um, But you know, I think that looking back,、uh, just a bit of history. You know, Jinner Totiao when it first came out. I think I've I've said this a few times already, but、um, at the time, you know, it was really just kind of another app,、uh, another news reading app.、Um, it had、uh, recommendation algorithms that it that it used,、um, and that made it very very sticky.、Um, But since since then, you know, Totiao itself grew out of only being news and and really kind of moved into just a lot of different types of content.、Uh, and then, of course, you know,、uh, um, ByteDance they had a few other、uh, content apps, you know, like a joke app,、uh, Nehan Duanza, which unfortunately was taken down、uh, from from app stores.、Uh, they've since、uh, re-released the app. I mean, it's basically Nehan Duanza, but it's called something else now.、Um, But I mean, like the 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 big thing for ByteDance, of course, is 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 Douyin and and TikTok.、Um, I think that Matt, when you when you and I first when we talked about ByteDance, I mean, like Douyin was just getting started. It、um, was it was it was barely a blip. That was when like Kuaishou was really the only major player in the short video market.、Um, and you know the the amount of growth that Douyin has had、um, has just been. Uh, staggering, absolutely staggering. It's definitely the tech story、um, for China of 2018. I think. I mean, still,、uh, I don't think anything comes close to the implications of 
what happened with TikTok and late, uh, sorry, with uh, first with Douyin and now with TikTok. Um, this company is uh, currently valued at 75 billion US dollars. We got $3 billion investment from SoftBank. Um, back when we recorded the podcast last year, we were, we were discussing how could this company possibly be worth 20 billion? Uh, so how it, you know, what's happened there? What, what, that is a huge change in valuation. Uh, I've been looking to in, into it recently and trying to work out um, how this is possible. Uh, how can we see such fast growth over a short time? And um, is this company really worth 75 billion US dollars? Uh, I think a lot of people are asking that right now. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I think that with with the way that valuations are going these days, it's uh, it's a very uh, valid uh, question question to ask. Um, but you know, from uh, people that I talk to, you know, um, people who work at ByteDance, uh, people who've worked with ByteDance in um, in a few different in a few different aspects, they have very good feedback uh, about about the company and about the uh, the working culture. Um, and then you know, you look at their ability to to monetize, in particular through advertisements, um, and their advertising revenue um, is is doing doing pretty well from from what from what we understand um so you know it's it's i think that i mean the company itself is absolutely fascinating um you know they've uh really just kind of started from again kind of from nothing and rather than taking investment from from you know from one of the uh the 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 bigger uh players so baidu uh, alibaba or tencent they've really struck out on their own um, and they've been perhaps one of the, the only companies in recent history that's actually been able to to do that. So not being part of, you know, like the Tencent content ecosystem, not being part of the, the Alibaba uh, e-commerce ecosystem and really in, in basically creating their own. Uh, and I think what's really interesting is kind of what's what's what, what's their China strategy in terms of Douyin? Like, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to try to make it into a super platform uh, or a super app uh, like like WeChat? Are they going to have many programs? We can probably talk about that uh, closer to the end of the episode. Um, but, I mean, their their ability to scale uh, the Douyin product, um, I think, just really goes to show how... how um, how talented they've been in creating uh, the back end. I mean, because you think about, I mean, like, of course, when you look at Douyin, I think that the, they, they obviously put a lot of thought into uh, the user interface. And the uh, the design language that they've used in Douyin and now with TikTok, you're actually seeing Chinese advertisements um, here in the mainland copying that similar kind of kind of design language with the, the whites and the purples and the pinks and the, the kind of, I don't even know what color the the uh, like the purplish blue that's that's that that's in the uh, that's in their app um, and also kind of the the shaking kind of uh, fonts and things and so they've obviously done a lot of uh, a lot of research and a lot put a lot of thought into that but I mean the real power of Douyin and and Toutiao is is the back end uh, and so their ability to continually serve. Um, short videos, um, you know, to to users and, and keep them inside the app, and not just that, of course, but then also producing content. You know, actually getting people to want to produce content. Um, I mean, it's again, it's just the success story of the year. Yeah, totally. Um, so, with regard to the advertisement, from you know, the, ByteDance is an advertising company for sure. 
Um, that is where all of their revenue is coming from, as far as I can work out. I think that they also do have a KOL platform that they launched uh, recently for for Douyin. So there could be a, a well, there will be a model there as well of like taking uh, a cut from from KOLs in a similar way to what um, uh, Wayboard does. Uh, which we covered on the on an episode before with Eli from Parklu. Um, so they're going to run that model with KOLs for sure. But right now it's all about these uh, full screen um, vertical video uh, advertisements, uh, which are actually very compelling. Um, they have very good conversion rates. Um, and if you use the product yourself, if you use Douyin, uh, TikTok's not monetized right now. To my knowledge, there's no advertisement on TikTok. But um, if you use the China version Douyin, um, you're going to see adverts on a regular basis. So um, there's a splash screen advert when you open the app once a day. Um, the fourth video that you open will be uh, an advertisement typically. And then after that fourth video, uh, every five minutes that you're watching video content uh, a new advert will appear so if you look at the typical user time spent in the app which is about half an hour a day uh, roughly according to some estimations uh, you're going to be seeing one splash screen ad and then around about six newsfeed ads uh, and all of these advertisements are full screen um, they're quite immersive, uh, they have relatively good conversion rates, uh, and they're quite expensive. Uh, so this model, when you add it up, so Do, uh, Douyin um, in China has uh, about 150 million daily active users, was the last number that ByteDance officially gave. Um, so you put all those numbers together, uh, although they don't have a full inventory, uh, I'm sure, uh, they're not running, you know, it's not every possible advertisement space is is, is used up. Um, the advertising revenue from that is incredible. Um, is, we're talking very large numbers. Uh, and it does, in my mind, if we just look at, you know, that's just looking at Douyin. We're not, uh, TikTok actually runs, sorry, um, Totiao uh, Daily Headline runs a similar model. Um, it's obviously not video content, it's, it's articles, but it's still a news feed. Um, the advertisements are less are less compelling in my in my opinion. They're, they're not uh, the like the uh, full screen ones we see on we see on Douyin, but um, the the model of, of uh, how those advertisements are, are shown to the user is, is similar, um, and they, they they also have a very very high uh, DAU. And then we've got TikTok, which is really just getting going, and but has potential to have an even higher number of users in the long term than either of those platforms, and can run a very a very similar model to uh, to, to what Douyin's doing, given that they basically are the same product. Um, so the revenue potential for this company is actually very, very significant. And I think it, it does, but you know, if they can break the American market, if they can break out globally, this is the big question right now. If they, you know, this is why they're throwing so much money at uh, YouTube ads um, uh, on, on all these different platforms to gain for user acquisition right now. You're seeing a lot of people um, complaining about it, actually. There's a lot of talk, you know, I'm seeing adverts for this silly new app, TikTok, everywhere um, because right now they're going for it. They're really going for it and they want to break out and, and make TikTok um, as popular outside China as it is inside China on a global scale. If they can achieve that, then this company really, I, I truly believe this company is another Facebook. It's on that scale. 
um, which I don't think people have really woken up to that to that uh, yet. People are waking up to it. Um, that bike dance is the new in the new BAT event. Well, it's looking like we can't say now for sure, um, but given today where we are today, it's looking like bike dance is the new B in that BAT, uh, or it will be um, given given how things are going. If they can break. I, th I think the, the key question is, can they really break in properly into the U.S. market? Well, that, that is that is the big question. Um, and so, you know, looking looking, you know, from a product perspective and, and from a business perspective, there's there's a lot of good things that uh, that we can say about them. Uh, looking looking, to be honest, from a from a, a PR uh, communications and kind of. Uh, you know, and in, in, in some ways, even there, there are other products like like Top Buzz uh, in in the states or in the West, and as well as Hello uh, in India. Uh, they're not doing such a good job, and and they're not dealing with the public reaction uh, very well either. Um, so, you know, specifically, uh, you know, a lot of this kind of surfaced. Um, uh, for for us, you know, we've we've written a little bit uh, about Top Buzz. Um, Top Buzz is their Toutiao, but in English. And as a product, I mean, it's it's very clear that it has not been getting a lot of love. Um, and uh, it's you know, when we wrote about it, it was serving a lot of fake news. Uh, of course, we talked to the PR, um, and you know, they're like, well, yeah, sure, it's there, but we're we're fixing it. And and the thing is, I mean, they haven't really done a good job of fixing it. Uh, and, and then with uh, with Hello in India, this is something that's just blowing up now. Uh, part of it part of it is is India um, and kind of what what they're competing with in India. Um, you know, with, with share chat, I mean, they they use very similar tactics. Uh, where the online media space in India, it's not as tightly controlled um, as the traditional media space, and so there's there's a lot of nonsense. Um, and I think it's similar to what we what we see uh, around the world. Uh, point point being is that you know that that this this is going to be a real problem for them, and it's a it's and it's a it's a it's a it's an image issue as well. Um, so we've we've published a little bit about some of the shenanigans that they've done uh, with um, with hello with top buzz um, and uh, and some other some other areas of their business um, and so I think that you know their biggest challenge really is whether or not they're going to be able to communicate uh, effectively. In um, like, especially when it comes to like fake news, or when it comes to uh, you know people use like pedophiles, you know, using uh, using musically. Um, you know, I, there was this really interesting case earlier this year where a YouTuber who just decided to completely troll musically, um, but he did he did so in a way that only used videos of from musically available on YouTube, and what he showed was that there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on with underaged uh, uh, people, uh, both both uh, both boys and, and girls. Um, and then the drama really started when this YouTuber, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, include the link in the show notes, uh, when this YouTuber uh, got a, uh, a copyright strike uh, from YouTube uh, based upon a complaint from Bite dance, and so again, this was this was a video about Musically, uh, and then after after Bite Dance bought Musically, uh, this YouTuber was given a copyright strike, and what they and in the copyright strike documentation, the filer said that they were using the Musically 
uh, a logo or or I or trademarks without permission. And of course, it made no sense because there's tons of musically videos on 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 YouTube. Um, after this blows up on Reddit, then. Um, then uh, Google retracts the copyright strike, uh, but we don't hear anything uh, from ByteDance whatsoever. Uh, and then, of course, you add on top of, and so, you know, and we, we, we wrote a little bit about that. Um, we weren't able to get any kind of, um, um, like, real statement from them about this issue. Uh, we, we haven't been able to get any real statement from them uh, about, um, about uh, fake news on Top Buzz or, or Hello!, um, and so, you know, again, from the business side, I think that, you know, from 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 what I know about people who work there uh, for uh, people who who have who have worked with them, you know, advertisers and stuff like that, they all seem pretty pleased. But they're they're going to really uh, have a big, big issue when it comes to communications if they don't figure this out, uh, because if they are still serving fake news, if they are not making appropriate measures to protect minors on their platforms, I mean, this is this is this is going to be a big problem uh, once it actually becomes uh, part of any any public discussion yeah yeah uh, i think i've read the articles you're referring to uh we can link them in the show notes um certainly this company is very aggressive um they are very chinese <laughs> in in the way they do things and uh, as we said earlier you know they, they've managed to grow up without taking money um, from Alibaba or Tencent that's very difficult to do they're very independent um, and it goes to and, and they're well known for using uh, Hei Gongguan right the, the black PR um, techniques where you know they even got called out by Pony Ma for, for, for doing it publicly um, this com- right, yeah. this company you that's know, that, right yeah I mean that's a big thing I, I think uh, <laughs> you know uh, they, they wouldn't uh, I don't think Pony Ma would make a statement like that if it wasn't a serious problem that this company is using very morally questionable uh, PR techniques on a regular basis um, so they 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 but to be fair to them on, on their side like probably they they need you know growing up in that environment where it's almost impossible for anyone to independently build their own um build their own house build their own empire without you know being subjugated to one of the two giants but they've managed to achieve it um perhaps in china you know this is it's a little bit like when we talked about in earlier episodes about the company culture with uber you know that they have this sort of um uh that their culture in many respects is built around the the early stage of the company growing up in an environment that was very very hostile where they're having to deal uh, you know essentially break laws in order to grow because of the um, at the local level governments it's so corrupt and there's so much there's so much um, murky stuff going on with uh, local taxi um, providers uh, with local governments uh, and that being a sort of monopoly situation that the only way that uber could actually grow was to um, was to use these tactics and to have this culture that it's us against the world and anything you know and, and, and any almost anything is is okay in terms of uh, getting the result um, I, I, I think to some degree bike dance probably does have that that, that kind of dynamic going on um, but I also think you're quite 
correct to point out that if they keep along, if they don't adjust the course and, and, and change their attitude to, towards this, um, it's going to come back and bite them eventually. Uh, fortunately, globally, uh, most of the attention and most of the outrage and the um, uh, the, the bad will uh, towards um, social products is squarely aimed at Facebook right now um, they're taking a lot of slack um, and a lot um, you know media's going after them with expose after expose uh, since Cambridge Analytica it really hasn't you know things have been going terrible for them it's been an awful year uh, for Facebook so actually in, in that respect you know when we look outside china and, and going back to the the big question is can 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 bite dance actually make tiktok a globally competitive product of scale um you know, the, one of the big questions is there, will they get cloned by Facebook? Uh, you know, will will Facebook do to them what they did to all their other comp- major competitors, right? The Snap being the, the classic case um, with with stories um, because they are really the, 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 the uh, the major player in social and and uh, in in news feeds uh, globally, uh, so dominant that if they want to just copy um, what ByteDance is doing and then drive their massive user base over into a new kind of uh, similar product, um, then that could be one of the major reasons that that ByteDance doesn't fulfill its potential and uh, doesn't realize the uh, the same success outside China that they've managed to achieve inside China. So I think that's that plays into this dynamic a lot. Uh, I think that's why we're seeing ByteDance move so fast, why they're spent burning so much money right now uh, on user acquisition with advertisements on YouTube, because um, really... They they do need to move fast. I think uh, they they are a threat to Facebook, and uh, Facebook must know this. And uh, in, in they're not, they're not a direct threat um, in terms of the TikTok won't replace Facebook. You know you're still going to use Facebook. You're still going to use Instagram. Um, but what they would do is take a considerable amount of attention and time away from those platforms, and the and the time and the spending that time on your phone uh, that attention when when you want to just open up your phone and waste five minutes when you're waiting at a bus stop that's what facebook monetizes that's how they make their money as an advertisement uh, driven business Uh, and so that's gonna really hit them hard so in china we've seen a lot of talk about how ByteDance has has, um, taken time away from tencent right and that is harming tencent and that's partially why we've seen tencent's uh, stock price fall so sharp this year is because of the rise of Douyin and, uh, and how that the advertisement potential of Tencent is reduced now because there's this other player, this is other ecosystem uh, in the market which will um, which is an alternative to Tencent. And there's been statistics banded around, and, and the big one is that you know six percent of the time uh, on on Tencent products has, has moved over directly into sort of ByteDance products. And now ByteDance, in terms of time on the phone, is like number two player in the market ahead of uh, Baidu, ahead of uh, Alibaba, uh, just in terms of attention. So um, you know that's bad for Tencent, but it's not 
so bad they are insulated um, from it because for them advertisement revenue is really only it's a less than 20% of their overall revenue um, it's not their core revenue generator they make a lot more from things like uh, gaming obviously uh, micro payments and, and value added services uh, in, in um, across all different kinds of products you know music uh, literature manga all these areas they dominate and then of course payments on top of that and now they're trying to you know with their big pivot they're moving into cloud services so Tencent's actually very, very diversified. But when you look at Facebook, you know they're not diversified at all. This is an advertisement business. This is um, completely driven around news feeds and attention. And so if a company like ByteDance comes outside of China and actually makes a, a gets a foothold in the in the American market and becomes an, a serious alternative to where brands are going to spend advertisement dollars online. That's a big problem for Facebook, uh, potentially, because this company is aggressive. This is not Snapchat. This is not uh, MySpace. You know, th these guys are serious. Um, they've proved themselves. They've gone from zero to one in China, and now they're moving internationally. Uh, they're super aggressive. They're they're totally fine with using dark PR techniques. Um, they're totally fine with burning money at an incredible rate in order to gain market share. I don't think Facebook has ever seen a competitor like this. So the dynamic is really interesting right now and and then added into this you know ByteDance is an AI company you know they're really embracing this new technology um, much more than other than, than Facebook or other people in this area so there's that dynamic of you know how far can this technology actually take us it's taking us in, into bad areas in places like India as you've just alluded to John earlier like um, when you let algorithms d dictate what's in your app so much then it can have negative consequences um, but it's also pretty undeniable that the technology can make your platform and the user experience truly compelling. Um, do, do you actually use uh, either uh, Douyin or TikTok? Uh, just out of interest, John. Like, what's your opinion on, on the on the product itself? So, so for for me, there's there's two ways of looking at it. Uh, there's from kind of you know a, a product uh, perspective, and and then from a a kind of uh, ethical perspective. Let's say. So from a product pers product perspective, it's amazing. Um, I mean, it, so for my own personal reasons, I don't use it any longer because um, it has the ability to be very addictive. Um, and I get addicted to things, uh, especially electronic things, uh, very easily. Um, so I used Douyin uh, for about a day, and I was like, okay, this is something that like 15 seconds, like, oh my God, like it's amazing, you know, candy for the brain. Um, and if, if I don't delete this app right now, uh, it's going to cause some, some real problems in, in, in my life. Um, so from, from that perspective, if you think about it in terms of stickiness, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, for, again, from an ethical perspective, um, I mean, and obviously businesses, you know, they don't necessarily have to worry about this. And so, uh, it's not necessarily in, in that sense, but from an ethical perspective, um, I don't like it, um, uh, because that's exactly it. It, it's, it's intellectual cotton candy. Um, it's bite-sized videos that you just go through and you scroll the entire time. And so, you know, we're talking about Facebook, uh, you know, WeChat as well. I mean, this is, this is how they've how both of these companies, all of these companies have kept people in is through the feed, 
uh, and and making sure that there's always some, there's always some kind of new content uh, for people to consume. And I think what works especially well is you know social content of some kind. Uh, whereas you know Douyin and TikTok they're focusing a lot on UGC um, user generated content. You know WeChat and Facebook they're focusing a lot on. Um, on on social content, so content about your friends or your family, um, you know, drama that's going on inside whatever social circles you're you're, you're a part of, uh, and so in that sense, um, I, I don't I don't like it, um, you know. But at the at the end of the day, you know, it's it's you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not going to be successful. I just think that it's it's more of a question of you know, just where, where we are in the tech industry these days. And this is, this is kind of going back to, I think, some of the points that I was making uh, previously, is that when they do enter, as they grow in the U.S. market, they're going to have a lot more trouble. Um, so, you know, speaking of, of black PR, so Elliot, um, he's written um, quite a bit about them. He had one of his pieces that we published in English, uh, translated and then published on Hu Xiu. Uh, and then uh, Hu Xiu is syndication, syndication partners with um, 21st century business news, if I remember correctly. Um, I forget the Chinese name, but anyway, so, so basically they, they republished that, uh, his article, uh, about, um, about TikTok and, uh, the problems with underage users, uh, and someone at ByteDance was able to actually get that, uh, get that article removed uh, from WeChat, and so they were able to uh, report it uh, to to WeChat admins, and they removed it based upon you know copyright infringement. So obviously uh, a BS uh, a BS excuse. Um, so I mean, so so yeah, I mean, so uh, as you were saying, Matt, they are extremely aggressive. Uh, they're more than willing to burn cash. Uh, they're more than willing to do things that, uh, while unethical, perhaps uh, are kind of normal. Uh, in China, but the problem is, of course, is that once they go to the states, you know, they can't they can't do that anymore. Uh, if they do that, it's in, and and it's exposed, they're going to have a lot of problems. I mean, you look at you look at Uber. Uh, yes, Uber was extremely aggressive. It was you know underdog um, taking on you know the corrupt uh, corrupt localities and uh, the taxi unions and things like that. And so I, I think that in general, you know, the Uber and the and the and the ride the ride sharing model, at least in China, has 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 had a lot of positive impact. Um, but the problem is, is is of course that now people don't like Uber. And they're they're uh, they're having a really hard time kind of pulling back from the brink. I mean, investors don't, don't even like Uber, you know. I mean, of course, a lot of it was uh, was was uh, Kalanick uh, himself and his personality. But um, the thing is, with 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 Facebook and and, and ByteDance, I mean, yes, of course, there's a lot of. Uh, attention being focused on Facebook, but that same exact attention and that same exact uh, complaints that people have with Facebook, they're going to have about ByteDance. Um, and so, again, like their their seeming inability to really have a public conversation uh, about uh, these issues to me is is very concerning. Uh, concerning, obviously, in an ethical sense, but also concerning in a business sense because this is this is a really big blind spot for them. Um, and you know, we uh, so we're actually we're recording this episode um, after we talked with uh, Shy Oster at the at the information, but the the uh, the um, the publishing is 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 backwards, um, or the publishing is going to be backwards. But um, but you know, I think that 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 you know one of the one of the things that that we talk about with him is that 
you know, there's a lot more information about China, about what's happening in Chinese tech these days. And so, you know, I mean, th- speaking of egregious uh, uh, business practices, you know, I think like 360 is is a really good example. Uh, you know, Lao Zhou, uh, co- like total businessman warrior, you know, just not taking any crap from anyone. Uh, if he has to push people around, if he has to be an asshole, uh, he, he, he was going to do it. Um, I think that from what I understand, he's, he's mellowed down a lot. Uh, but, you know, I, I think... I think that that fundamentally he's still very sim- very very much the same in terms of uh, not taking any shit. Uh, pardon the French. Um, so you know that that type of aggressiveness it worked well for 360. Uh, it's working very well for 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 ByteDance in 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 the home market. Um, but it's 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 going to be a, a really big problem for them uh, uh, going out. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they actually uh, end up handling this. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Um, but the, it's interesting the product. Uh, the actual platform uh, isn't very uh, social. <laughs> it's not based around social. It's not based around no social nodes in the network. Um, it's based around matching content with users. Um, so you don't. Well, I think. I think that's. So, so I think in, in that's in that sense, that's that's where the network effect comes in, right? Uh, and so it's not social in in the traditional sense, like like what you mean, but it is social in the sense that we, I mean, you know, why is YouTube so popular? Uh, YouTube is so popular. Why is Twitch so popular? Because people like to watch other people do stuff, um, and 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 more and more people don't like to watch TV as much. They don't like to. I mean, I mean, obviously, if it's it's a high production value, they still do, but in terms of like most of our most of time spent, I mean, it's moving more and more towards uh, UGC. And so, and so, by 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 that by by social, I mean like it, there is some kind of interaction there, and it's a two sided two sided marketplace in that sense where you have uh, the people uh, the the su- suppliers, so the people creating uh, the uh, the content, and then uh, the buyers, the people actually uh, consuming the content. Yeah, I think it's much more like a two sided uh, marketplace than a, a traditional social network, um, and that's part of the reason why. They are attacking, I believe they're attacking the American market so hard right now. Because there is an obvious question to be asked, um, which I don't think I've seen anyone discuss in, in uh, online, publicly in media yet, which is why America? Why, why go for America in the in the first place? It's a horrible market most most uh, for, for Chinese companies, right? It's the hardest market for Chinese companies to, to go into. If you look at products before from China, like, like uh, WeChat, Classic example, you know, WeChat's done horribly in America. Um, was it uh, Martin Lau's even been on the record saying like this is a this is a market you know we're just not going to do anything in it's it's the toughest market for a Chinese company uh, to move into. And now you've got a, a trade a trade war happening, and it's quite clear that um, Chinese companies are getting blocked from making any kind of acquisitions or movements into sensitive areas. You know, why would ByteDance even be thinking about taking on the American market? Uh, surely they would be spending money on, on taking the rest of the world. You know, focusing on Southeast Asia, um, mid, you know, Eastern Europe, Middle East. Um, parts of southern europe perhaps and you know places like south america or or mexico would make a lot more sense surely um so i I think that that question needs should be analyzed as well like uh, my i'm not i'm not 100 sure of of why that is but my my gut feeling is that because it is a two-sided marketplace as we just said um the having those high quality content creators is essential for the success for the global success of the of the product so um 
globally, American culture is so dominant um, that I think ByteDance realizes that they need American content creators if they're really going to keep, if they're going to really dominate this market and be safe, uh, get, get to a market leading position where they're safe from Facebook or relatively safe from Facebook cloning them. They need to have those American content creators. They need to have a critical mass of quality, really high quality content being produced from the market, which is culturally dominant globally, which is the States. Um, so I think that's why they're going in so heavily. Um, and it is, you know, the real risk there is um, because they're Chinese, uh, if I was Facebook right now, I would be lobbying heavily in, in Washington against this uh, Chinese company coming in and uh, potentially corrupting our youth with this, uh, you know, with these algorithms, that, these AI empowered algorithms, which are causing problems all over the world. And also letting the media know about that as well. What we're actually seeing, you know, is in the media, I think it's quite clear that ByteDance is paying a lot of journalists to write good articles about them. Uh, I'm not going to name names or, or bring anything up, but like I've seen quite obvious paid media um, from from different um, sources in, in the States now. ByteDance is paying a lot of people to to write good things about them. Um, but at some point, uh, we you know, I, I already, I imagine already behind the scenes, there is uh, starting to be uh, a clash. Facebook must, must be... Uh, you know, they, they must be uh, concerned, I think, about what's going on. And then there's there's also the dynamics about uh, Musical.ly, right? And, and what they did there with, um, so ByteDance bought Musical.ly and um, merged the platforms together. And then there was a big outcry from Musical.ly users, like, uh, um, and there seems to be a lot of dissatisfaction with that move that they made. A lot of people questioned why they would do such a thing as well. So I don't think that's been analyzed too much uh, at a deep level um, in media. And from what I understand from speaking to people in the company, it's really quite simple in that they're just looking at acquiring that user base. You know, they're really just buying Musical.ly. Musical.ly actually in terms of yeah, content, totally. Is, uh, is actually very different from so is it yeah, I've, what I've noticed actually from using all of the all of these products is although the actual um, platform the the product so musically was actually the first to innovate in this area and they actually built the a whole experience of which all of these three platforms are based around but because the content ecosystems are so different between TikTok, Douyin, and Musical.ly, um, they actually end up being very different user bases and having you know a very different appeal. Like for me, I I actually quite like using Douyin. I think it's a great product, um, and I'll spend time on it on a daily basis when I'm in China. But uh, for me, Musical.ly before it's just horrible. Like it's just full of kids doing stupid miming videos. I would never use that product. It's like, I'll try it out to see what it's about, but like, am I gonna use it on a daily basis? Never, like it's awful for me. But so the same sort of algorithmic, um, same sort of platform in terms of how it's set up um, with the full screen video and commenting and likes and all that is exactly the same. 
uh, in terms of the core experience. But the what's really, really key is the content ecosystem. And so I think that's what ByteDance really needs to build. And we're seeing them that doing that now. You know, they're spending big money. They've brought on some, who was the Cali B? Oh, I, I'm probably saying it wrong. They, they, they spent, they, they brought some big influencers onto the platform very, very recently, right? Um, there was also a comedian that they they, that they paid uh, to join the platform exclusively. Oh, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. There we go. Jimmy Fallon and uh, yeah, Cardi exactly. B uh, are, the, are the two big names. Just in like the last few days, I think that they've uh, announced will you know be producing content on TikTok. Uh, do those names mean anything to you, John? To me, like I'm not American, right? So I, I and uh, I, I've no idea. <laughs> well, Jimmy Fallon. I've no idea who Jimmy Fallon is. Like, <laughs> So Jimmy Jimmy Fallon has uh, one of the most successful uh, late night uh, shows uh, in the states. Um, so in the in the tradition of Johnny Carson and uh, and David Letterman and, and Jay Leno, uh, there's been a real uh, bloom, if, if as it were, of late night uh, talk shows. You know, um, Jimmy Kimmel has one. Uh, uh, Fallon has one. Uh, Stephen Colbert has one, and then Craig something or other. I think I, I, honestly, I mean, I'm not quite sure. I just know what I what I see on, on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon's a big big name. Uh, I don't know about the other one, Cardi Cardi B. Um, but they've also they've already gotten uh, interest from um, online KOLs. Um, so American KOLs um, who were kind of who were kind of really big with uh, with with uh, with Vine, and then uh, you know Twitter kind of shut down Vine, uh, and they moved to Instagram, they moved to YouTube, and now now they're moving uh, over over to TikTok. And so people with a lot of content production experience um, and with a decent decent enough following that even some Chinese people recognize them um, that they're they're actually moving on to TikTok and to uh, and to Douyin. Um, you know, I was I was just looking it up uh, while you were talking, and and I think that you know. It's really the 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 point about um, the point about like WeChat, like having had like the, like what's the difference? Let's say between WeChat and and Douyin. I mean, obvi- there's there's a lot of obvious differences, right? Um, but I think that the biggest the biggest one is 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 about user habits. Um, and at the end of the day, the biggest reason that WeChat is going to have a have a difficult time. Um, going in, going into the states is is number one. The the, the market for a, a separate messaging app uh, isn't going to be that great. Um, I mean, you already have Facebook Messenger, uh, you already have um, uh, WhatsApp, you already have Signal, you already have have Telegram, um, and so in that sense, you know users are already being served uh, for this kind of thing, whereas WeChat got started in 2011. Uh, there wasn't really anything like that, and it's, and it's built, and it's been built on, on top of that. Um, also, I mean, the, the, the way that the way that that Chinese people versus Americans, let's say, use these products are very, very different. And their expectations are going to be very, very different. I mean, we had this conversation a while back when I first started using Telegram and I was like, oh my gosh, like the, the UX and Telegram was like amazing compared to compared to WeChat, uh, which is, you know, their their iteration speed is is quite slow uh, and, and perhaps for, for some for some good reasons. Um, but whereas, you know, with with like a, a product like Douyin or, or TikTok, um, 
I mean, so people were already used to Snapchat by the time that that Musical.ly came around. Uh, people were already used to kind of scrolling through uh, a feed on Instagram and having pictures pop up of of, of whomever. Um, and of course, you know, as as video started to take off, uh, that became uh, more and more of a thing. You know, Musical.ly launched in in 2014, um, and they in 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 about two years they went from zero to to having a huge audience. And all it was was you know a minute clip uh, mostly of uh, video clips of people lip syncing. Um, and so in that sense, I think from a, from a user experience perspective, that the reason that TikTok can succeed is because it's like it's no different. Um, the way that Douyin is structured uh, in China um, is only going to be slightly different from the way that TikTok is is structured uh, as as a product and in terms of user experience, which which I think is is really interesting for a few for for another reason. Um, but at the end of the day, um, that's that that's that's the that's the real difference because again, it's 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 that two sided marketplace. It's that um, people are creating the content that they want to create for their own culture, and then people in that culture are consuming. Are consuming that content. Um, but a really interesting point, I mean, like the the, the globalization of user experience. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about world peace all the time and we talk about, uh, or not not you and I, but uh, but people talk about, you know, these these types of globalization and, uh, uh, and, and you know, uh, these types of things and, you know, uh, crossing crossing cultures and stuff. But I mean, if if TikTok can be successful and if they keep it basically the same as, as Douyin, I mean, that just goes to show just how how similar uh, we all we, we're, we're, we're all becoming. I mean, of course, you know, men around the world are going to wear suits, you know, and that's that's very much a Western thing. Um, but, you know, an argument could be made that we're really kind of seeing the beginnings of a Chinese led kind of uh, um I don't, I don't, aesthetic almost. Um, I mean, obviously that's, that's, that, that's a bit of a stretch and, and certainly, you know, uh, I'm just kind of coming off, the, off, coming up with this off the top of my head, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so for me, I mean, I think that, that when we, when we're looking at Douyin and we're looking, we're looking at TikTok, um, they've, they've basically been able to build a product I mean, so the market was already there. The, the the user habits was already there, and they were able to come in with their technology, uh, with their uh, with their amazing design experience, um, and just build on top of that. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say you say that. Like, it, I've been thinking about why 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 is there such a big difference in terms of short video um, usage habits in China and the rest of the world? Um, short video is a vibrant market. And Douyin's leading it, um, but we also see very large players. And then outside China, you know, Vine is was was a thing, and now it's gone. Um, Instagram is kind of doing Instagram TV, which seems to be failing, and is not about short form video. It's about long form, you know, longer videos. We have YouTube. Yeah, it's, of course it leads into all the dynamic. You know, this is why it's so interesting because I, I, I think the real answer to this question is is that. Um, so much of uh, the what products we use and how we use them is dictated by the dynamics of the giant companies that control um, these 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 apps. So, because Facebook is so dominant globally in the social arena and the newsfeed arena, we don't see and they haven't they haven't moved into this area. They haven't moved properly into short video. We see that people there is there is this space for ByteDance to move into. And uh, the example you gave of WeChat, I think, is very relevant because um, when WeChat, you know, back in 2012, 2013, wants to move outside of China, 
um, messaging was already a very established product category. And so there's a lot of competitors globally. In fact, they're coming late to this party. And that's why they can't really gain traction in, in they gain traction in basically very, very few markets globally, because there's already what, you know, uh, messaging apps there with network effects very strong in local markets. But here with short video, this is an area that's kind of strange in that it's so popular in China, it's much less popular outside China. And I think there is a really strong, a really big white space for ByteDance to attack uh, and, and move into because the, as we're seeing right now with the user numbers and, and the traction that, that um, TikTok's gaming around the world is that this this uh, user experience of micro videos, which are like 15 seconds and, and just scrolling up, scrolling up, is addictive. Um, and it's addictive for pretty much all cultures around the world um, that, yeah, we have video platforms globally like YouTube, but you know, this is actually a much more accessible and addictive user experience. And that doesn't matter whether you're Chinese or whether you're American or wherever you are, that's, you know, th th this is holding true. And so if that's, if, if we take that as, as being true, then actually the prospects for ByteDance are actually, um, you know, pretty good. Uh, I think we can be quite bullish about the, the opportunity for them globally. Yeah, and so I think it's it's really it's really kind of um, interesting to take a look at uh, trend. I mean, again, trend trends and user habits. I think because I mean, you look at um, uh, you know YouTube and Twitch um, and and things like that, um, and and YouTube in particular. I mean, because of because of uh, uh, server limitations, they started off and you could only upload like five minutes, uh, maybe 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 up to ten minutes at, at one point. Now you can upload files that are like eight hours, uh, and people some people do actually take the time to to, to watch these eight hours videos but there is but i mean like and then of course twitch which is all live streaming uh it's all in real time and, and streamers stream up to you know people do, like they do marathons sometimes of like 24 hours uh where they're streaming the entire time maybe they'll take breaks here and there but they're going they're streaming for 24 hours and then of course you can watch the uh the video on demand but this is all very long form um and 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 so what's interesting i mean so there 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 is more of a demand for long form content um for speeches and for podcasts kind of like what what you and i are doing here matt um but i think that also you know there is there there there's other, in terms of I mean, what we're what we're seeing is the the po the rising popularity of longer form stuff. But what that also means is that on on the other end of it, that there is that opportunity for for short form, uh, for for these really short things that no one else, for whatever reason, is really looking at. Um, and I think that 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 it's it's. I mean, at the end of the day, the product is actually really simple. You know, it's all all it is is you're taking the the feed, uh, which has proven to be addictive. I would say ever since you know even RSS. I mean, when I was when I first started using RSS back in like uh, 2011 or something like that, I was addicted to RSS. Um, you know, Facebook. You know, their their. I mean, a lot of their value has been built off the feed. Instagram is pure feed. Twitter is pure feed. Um, and so what they've done is just is they've put it's it's short video applied to that feed and of course it I mean the short chunks of information I mean, are extremely addictive. Uh, Nine Gag does it. Uh, they they have they have uh, really decent traffic numbers. Uh, Reddit. I mean, in a lot of in a lot of in in a, in a lot of senses, is the feed as well. Um, a bit more high quality content, if if you ask me, um, because it's it's all user generated and there's very little uh, curation uh, from from the the company itself. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's that that's really kind of what what Douyin and TikTok are is short video applied applied to the feed, and the feed is is like the killer the killer format for for the mobile age, and it's monetizable, right? Yeah, um, yeah. that is highly monetizable. There's a very very well established business model around it, and when you're in these uh, very addictive apps that you're, um, people are spending a lot of time in, you're in a feed 100% of the time almost. Right? You can comment, uh, there are sort of other things going on. And actually this is long-term uh, a, a bit of a question. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think it's a problem today at all, but like long-term you have to ask where, where, does, where does ByteDance take uh, Douyin, where does it take TikTok in terms of building it out into a super app, as you mentioned before? Like, can, what other kind of user experiences make sense within this environment of this uh, full screen uh, immersive video newsfeed? Um, messaging, I don't think makes too much sense. Um, it's it's an obvious thing to to move into, um, but I don't think it really works. I, I can't I can't see as a user, and I've used these products extensively. How how would that would you know? Why would I want to do that? How would that work together with this current user experience? I, I just don't see it at all. Uh, you've got e-commerce. Um, that's probably a little bit better. Um, you could probably um, you know, work in something similar to May 20 and Ping, where uh, when you see a video of a really nice hotel uh, or a really nice restaurant um, or some amusement park or whatever, then there's a link there to immediately go and buy a ticket for the amusement park or buy a ticket for the movie um, or, or whatever it is that, that the short video is featuring. That makes a lot more sense in terms of discovery of of, of uh, you know restaurants um, or local services. Um, so I can see them doing more in that area, um, but then moving out into um, something that's a lot more sticky like like messaging, uh, I, I think will be difficult. But having said that, I think the business is lucrative enough as it is. Um, you're, you're totally right. What you're saying before about um, short video and um, it, it it's because. Um, Mobile. The, the reason why long-form video is less attractive, uh, uh, I think, for the current generation is because of mobile. On mobile, time is fragmented, right? So you want something that's quick and fast, and that you can open up, and you want something basically that you can, you, know, you can, you can watch on the toilet. <laughs> uh, a lot of this stuff boils down to that. I think there's an, there's an old quote from that always sticks in my mind from uh, from Alan Jung, the founder of the WeChat team, says, you know, content on WeChat should be something that you can read on the toilet. Um, and, and that's been a f- some, something that they've, a, f- a philosophy that they've taken forward with their content ecosystem. Um, and, and Douyin and TikTok are, are, you know, are perfect, absolutely perfect for something that you would just sit down and fire, you know, while you're in the toilet for a couple of minutes, look at some uh, micro videos, some short videos. Uh, or if you're on the subway, uh, similar thing. And especially now with, um, with the bandwidths uh, and, and data becoming so cheap, you know, full screen video was something before that you might download um, while you're on a Wi-Fi at your home and then only, the, you know, and put it on your device and then on when you're on the subway, um, you know, not rather than streaming, just play it directly from your device, having pre-downloaded. Now I think we're moving into an era where you can stream anywhere. So again, this this wasn't the case a couple of years ago, um, and it's a new. We're living in a new world now where this is possible, and so that really helps this dynamic as well. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so I think it's really kind of interesting. Um, I mean, looking at you know uh, possible directions for uh, for Douyin. Let's just focus on Douyin for 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 the time being and the China market. Um, so, I, I I really do kind of wonder where they're going to take it. Uh, you know, again, like we hear a lot of talk. Um, people are, are are theorizing that they're going to have you know mini programs or mini apps or something like that in inside. I mean, obviously, messaging makes no sense. Um, I mean, that it's a completely different experience. Um, I think, I think what you were saying before about some kind of, uh, commerce or retail component is actually the, probably the most compelling use case for them. Um, and you know, China, China is a, 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 you know, one of the, one of the most successful, uh, business models has been the integration of social and, and e-commerce, uh, or in, or content and, and, uh, and e-commerce. And so moving into that, I think it seems to be like the most compelling next step for them, uh, in terms of if they do want to expand their reach and really kind of go into, uh, different, different areas outside of pure, pure content and, and pure, pure advertising. Um, I think the only issue, the only issue that I, I can see there is like, if they if they if they decide to do that, uh, how how defensible is would that actually be for them, right? Like how 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 hard would it be for Dian Ping just to just start doing short video? Um, and I I don't I don't think it would be that difficult. Whether or not they could actually con- convince people to do it, of course, is a, is a great question. Um, but you know, but the thing is, like short video at the end of the day. Outside of Douyin, it, it's it's just another potential feature. You know, we talk about how uh, what Facebook did did with Snapchat. Um, I mean, you know, the same thing happened with uh, with Twango with with group buying, where e-commerce platforms and retail platforms they said, oh. Well, this is just another way to give coupons, and so we're just going to call everything Twango, uh, and that's what they did. And and you know, then um, then we see we see what the market looks like today, where there's there's no Twango company anymore. I mean, like Meituan is not a Twango company, you know. Um, so so when it comes to integrating uh, retail or offline experiences or even e-commerce, um, again, how difficult would it be for a, a Dianping or an Alibaba just to just to copy that? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is the this is the great point because in China, it's the environment's so competitive, and Alibaba, Tencent have like moved into offline so heavily uh, to build moats around their business um, that things like you know, can, could you imagine them successfully moving into payments? Like it's no. I mean that that game's won. Uh, it's it's the boat the ship sailed. Uh, the bike dance is going to find it very difficult to move into payments. Um, they're going to find it very difficult to move into, uh, you know, cloud services. They're too late. Um, they're, they're all of this, you know, the, the, what Alibaba and Tencent are focusing on, uh, and they've been very consistent in saying this for a while, is, you know, what, what Tencent in terms of industrial internet, right, um, which is based around what they believe in the next, literally the next decade, they're thinking like a decade out of like how digitalization will happen to vertical industries like healthcare, like education, like retail, um, all of these uh, sectors of the economy. And the, most of the opportunity and the value will lie in working directly with uh, the in best-in-class uh, market leaders in, in those categories um, to digitalize and, and optimize their services and embrace AI, embrace, you know, potentially AR, VR in the future, um, you know, big data, all of these technologies, which they, they uh, are starting to have big impacts. Um, whereas ByteDance really is a pure online play right now. Uh, they're not really very embedded in the offline economy at all. Um, but... Um, 
if they are the only Chinese major player, well, not the only one, but like if in the future they do manage to do really successfully outside China, um, they are very well positioned to take um, the lessons and the learnings from China um, and apply those outside to markets outside China where they have the online play established already. Even if it's a platform like TikTok, which is short video, um, you know, it seems to be um, very unrelated to these other more serious um, areas that, let me say, like cloud services or whatever. Um, but, I, you know, ByteDance is not going to stop at TikTok. Once it, TikTok is going to be their foot in the door. And then five years down the road, they're going to have, you know, they're going to build out their family of apps, which they already have very well established in China, um, into all of these other different markets. They're going to make acquisitions because they're going to have a huge valuation. They're going to have plenty of money in the bank. This, this is a very aggressive company. Um, you're going to see them move. I think you're, you know, long term down the road, this is why I think we're really at a turning point right now. It's a very interesting time. If ByteDance can be successful properly outside China, they're going to be a bridge between China and the rest of the world in terms of taking the learnings uh, and, and applications of what happens in the Chinese internet sector and applying those more directly uh, outside. Uh, and I think they're going to start to, you're going to start to see them do similar things to what Alibaba and Tencent have done inside China, outside China. Wow, that's that's huge. That's huge, man. Um, it's just and, theory and right was... now, <laughs> but I can see you know you can see the sort of patterns, and uh, this is what I'm anticipating. All speculation at the moment, <laughs> but you know this is what I'm kind of seeing. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, on the on the on the one hand, um, I think I think that 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 what you're what you're sketching out is is compelling. On the other hand, I, I think you also have a pretty good track record uh, with with these kinds of things. Um, but uh, but I think we're we're getting we're getting close to uh, to time. Uh, one thing that I did want to mention in terms of in terms of business model very very quickly is something that Matt you mentioned earlier, and and the fact that they're they're an artificial intelligence company, um, and so looking at you know possible uh, consumer applications of artificial intelligence. I mean, of course, the big one is 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 uh, is facial recognition. But I do have to wonder. I mean, like, so if I was if I was sitting on the board or if I was an executive, you know, you looking looking at their core strength. And looking at their core competency, and of course, that is uh, user experience. That's that that that's how they've been able to to really build. Uh, but at, but at the end of the day, you know what what what's really driving them forward and and in ma- continuing make helping them to continue to be successful is their recommendation engine. Is their ability to um, to collect and process data and give people the content that 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 they want. And so I'm really kind of curious. And to be honest, I don't have a good answer for this. I don't have any prediction. Um, but I really do have to. I really do have to ask. Like I really have to wonder. Like, so what? What could they do with artificial intelligence that 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 no one else is doing? Um, and again, it kind of goes back to my previous point. Everyone's talking about mini programs and super apps. I mean, I think that if you look at the history of this company, like they're not going to follow a traditional model. They're not going to follow what Tencent has done. They're not going to follow what Alibaba has done. They're really. Go- I mean, you know, Zhang Yiming. He's he's shown uh, to be a person with. Uh, with some pretty serious vision. Um, and so I think that what we're going to see from them is going to be quite unique. And, um, and internationally, Matt, I think that, again, that's that's a really interesting point. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like if they're, if, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, chi- uh, foreign companies coming to China, uh, but there is, you know, the huge challenge of Chinese companies going out as well. Um, and it would be, it would be stunning, I think, if they could actually lock down 
the foreign markets before Alibaba and Tencent get a chance. I think that that ByteDance is a, it's a fascinating company. Um, I don't, I, I personally, um, I don't, I don't necessarily trust them to have society's best interests in mind. Um, and of course, you know, fiduciary responsibility, responsibility does not necessarily include that. Um, but they make a great product. And I think that, you know, it's, it's just been absolutely fascinating to, to, to watch them, um, be as successful as they've been. Yeah, but we wish that they would be a, a little bit, <laughs> change their PR strategy a little bit and be, you know, just a little bit less aggressive and with like uh, doing the, the dark uh, the dark stuff, you know. ByteDance is going to be a poster child uh, for Chinese internet companies, whether they like it or not. Um, so, you know, they, uh, they've, they, I think they need to, I think they need to address that. Yeah. Definitely. All right. As so, as a social company, company, right? Like as so like they'll, they'll be in the same way that Facebook. When you're a social company and like everybody, you're, you're customer facing. You know, you're like Facebook. Uh, you're a platform that people use on a daily basis. You just come under so much more scrutiny than than uh, you know everyone else. And that's about all the time we have for this episode of China Tech Talk. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a review on iTunes, or you can go to Overcast or Pocket Cast and tap on that star button, and it will recommend this episode to your network. Also, we are on Shimalaya and... Uh, Spotify, so you can find us there if you haven't already. And also a quick reminder, Technode, we do uh, several newsletters every single day, including a curated summary of technology news in China, including some of the stuff from us, and a thrice-weekly newsletter looking at significant fundings over the last couple of days. You can go to technode.com newsletters to subscribe. Mm-hmm.